My name is Tim. I won't tell you my last name. None of us will ever tell you our last name. Except for Jenna. If I tell you my last name, the Yerks could find me. Yerks probably aren't real. I'm reading a book that was written for middle schoolers. and welcome to Minds at Yerk. I'm Tim. I'm Alex. I'm Megan. Wow, that's that's just all out of order this week. I can't get used to going first. <laughs> How is everybody this week? What's going on? Uh, I'm all right doing the whole get ready for Thanksgiving after having had house guests thing. Uh, I was going to do like this whole thing where I asked y'all where how your Thanksgiving was because of time jump. Oh, I forgot to do it. Okay, well, we can we can go back. I can tell you I'm right editing. now. We can go back. We have the technology. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Okay, how was your Thanksgiving? So, cold. cold. Yeah. They kept, like, I, the week before I watched, the weather drop from 50 degrees to 27. Kind of that okay, well, irritating so. temperature where a jacket is too much, but no jacket is unpleasant. And, like, anytime you're in or out of the car or in or out of the house, you have to, like, immediately pull it off or throw it back on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I did have Thanksgiving pizza and it was delicious. That does sound delicious. <laughs> How was your Thanksgiving? Yeah. It was fantastic. I didn't really Did it snow? <clears throat> Hold on, let me check the forecast and I'll tell you if it snowed <laughs> or not. <laughs> no, it was yeah, I don't know. I'm just gonna make something up because it's probably wrong anyway. What to say, like it was fifty eight degrees. And sunny. I mean, I that's, that's my. Like, that's, it's fifty-eight degrees and snowing. Yeah. It was hell. <laughs> that's my prediction for next week. I've already established <laughs> canonically that it was an unpleasantly warm but not cool enough temperature. <laughs> so probably not snowy, Tim. Yeah. But you guys could be just enough apart. That's true. That's that true. the weather yes. is different. There, there must be a good, I don't know, ten miles between us. So surely. What do you think of, uh, what do you think of when the Yerks tried to steal all the Thanksgiving Day Parade balloons? <laughs> I was, I was disappointed, but mostly because it meant having to listen to more of, uh, Dear Evan Hansen perform. There we go. That's the musical I want to throw. Oh, I like one song from them, but only covers of that song. Is it found? I don't know. I'd have to pull the Spotify. The only song from it I like is the duet that is rearranged by Lin-Manuel Miranda to be a combination of Found and Story of Tonight. I do like that one, yes. Now I'm really hoping that the Yerks celebrate Thanksgiving by not being in their controllers and that they attempted to take those balloons in their normal Yerk form. I would really enjoy that. This week I caught up on uh, NPR. Uh, Wait, wait, don't tell me. And they made a statement how we're the only country that celebrates Thanksgiving. And I was like, we all know that's not yeah. true. Right? Yeah, that <laughs> is like, factually incorrect. Canadian land. 
Canadian lands like a couple, like maybe a month before us, but yeah. Oh, Peter Segwell. And there are plenty so. of other uh, equivalent colonialist holidays that ignore sure. native history and indigenous history and instead celebrate <laughs> egregious human rights violations. So it's all fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm very glad that we got one of the more silly Animorphs books. <laughs> To go with our I loved this book. holiday cheer. This book was fantastic. This is one of my top So, five. should I... Definitely. I should probably share the conversation that I had with Meg before I started reading this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's just put it this way. In case anybody hasn't figured out, I remember, like, 97% of what happens in this. And I remember this like a person remembers a dream 20 years later. <laughs> I, I don't remember it at all. If no, you that's, don't. That's, that's okay. my addition there. So, I pull my copy of The Reaction out of my box O Animorphs books, and I see the cover, and I immediately remember the cover and think, oh shit, some shit goes down in this one. And message Meg, yeah, basically what I just said. This is one that gets really dark, if I recall. Nope, I don't recall. I was just as wrong about this <laughs> as I am about other things. I am really curious which, which, what you mean by darkness i don't even know i just it's like my brain looks at this and said oh shit things go bad in this one i have a vague recollection of things (laughs) going bad in this i mean they don't go great but they don't go it's still amusing it is should i should i summarize it now you should i think we're good let's uh let's summarize a rachel book all right book 12 the reaction uh starts off with rachel and cassie on a field trip to the zoo which Cassie thinks is lame because her mom's given a presentation. Uh, This little kid named Tyler falls into the crocodile pit. Rachel does her gymnasty stuff uh, and dives into the crocodile pit to save Tyler. She morphs a crocodile, does battle with the crocodile, and ends up saving Tyler. Tyler rides Rachel to safety, and Jake is angry about the whole thing. Jeremy Jason McColl is going to endorse the sharing. This is apparently a big deal. Jeremy Jason is coming to town for the Barry and Cindy Sue show. Rachel starts turning green. Rachel morphs rapidly through her animals, including an elephant, without wanting to, and breaks the floor as she drops to the kitchen. Rachel goes to stay with her dad in the hotel. Cassie comes by. The next day at school, Rachel gets called to Chapman's office. He gets a little creepy there. Rachel (laughs) starts to change to a bear and escapes with the old fuzzy boot routine. Rachel morphs the seagull and heads to the beach. The gang morphs to seagull, except for Axe. He's a different bird. And they travel to the Daybreeze, which is a big yacht. Mr. Three is on the Daybreeze. Jeremy Jason McColl sucks. He's going to be a voluntary controller in order to further his movie career. Rachel accidentally morphs an elephant, an ant, and a crocodile. Visser 3 turns into a Lebton javelin fish. Visser 3 shoots Rachel. Rachel bites and pops him. Rachel is allergic to crocodiles. And Jake is pissed that the mission was blown. Rachel Zach Morris's and lies about being better to get on the show. Marco turns into a llama at the show. Right before the show, 
the DNA burp, which is how she solves her uh, allergy problem, begins. Rachel gets a crocodile backpack, and Cassie becomes a squirrel. Crocodile versus bear in the bathroom. Marco trips and knocks whoa, Jeremy whoa. Jason in front of a croc. In front of the croc. Repeat that line before that. Who versus who in the bathroom? Croc versus bear. Versus bear? squirrel. Oh, versus, versus squirrel. bear and yeah. squirrel. Bear and squirrel. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, bear and squirrel. The yerk that was in Jeremy Jason jumped ship. And then he gets crushed by a bear. The Yerk, Cassie not morphs. Jeremy Jason. Yes, yes, the Yerk. Uh, Cassie morphs Rachel and doesn't fall for the I'm going to yell and a light trick. Jeremy Jason <laughs> flees to Uzbekistan. And then we all watch Xena. And that was book 12, <laughs> the reaction. So what were your predictions again? Crap, I don't remember. I just, I just listened to that too. Oh, it was about whaling? And we were going to get a raccoon. Yeah. Yeah, no, yep. I missed, missed it bad on those. Peak Rachel content, whaling, and raccoons. Yeah. yeah. Nope. nope. We didn't go to a shopping mall. That would have been my Rachel guess anyway. So. Were there even raccoons in Cassie's barn? I don't even remember if they got mentioned in this I don't, book. I don't think they called out animals in the barn in this one. They did. Yeah. They did. Oh. oh. Did they did they call out raccoons? Because I... this is what happens when you wait so late to read the book. Like unless you are skilled at it. No, I am not. Too, I was not born for speed reading. So yeah, what'd you think of the book? I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. The dialogue in this one is probably my favorite of any of the books that we've read, and Marco is definitely my favorite character. Yeah, this is a very good Marco book. Yeah, the the whole bit with him as the llama, I just yeah. I loved it. It was fantastic. It was so good. Like, as soon as you see the llama running around, you know, someone's going to morph a llama. You <laughs> yep. can't have a llama in the first act if it's not going to be a, another character morphed into it in the third. If Chekhov taught us <laughs> anything, it was that. <laughs> Chekhov's llama. Chekhov's llama. And I think the um, seagull just reinforces that that had to happen. I will tell you that this is the first time that I actually saw what these Rachel Marco shippers see. And it was right <laughs> at the very end of this story with the, the Xena when he turns on Xena on the TV. Oh, did uh, you have an, oh, that's sweet moment. Yes, I did. And I was like, oh, wait. Whereas I remembered that Marco likes women in leather and chainmail, and figured this would be something that he could enjoy too. <laughs> okay. and. Can we just, there's a couple things I want to get out of the way. One, two more capital D dumpsters, just for anybody who's Jesus. scoring at home. Um, and J uh, uh, Jeremy Jason McColl, that's Jonathan Taylor Thomas, right? Like this yes. whole thing. And that was home yes. improvement was powerhouse. Powerhouse is okay. home improvement. Yeah. That's, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. Because yes, that is what the entire illusion is too. And what was the show called? Billy and uh, Barry and Cindy Sue is Regis and Kathy Lee. Oh, that makes sense. I didn't pick up on that, but yeah, that one. Cassie's works. barn does have a raccoon. There were cages everywhere, stuffed with injured, sick, messed up raccoon, squirrel, duck, wild pig, bat, fox, eagle, and skunk and deer. So that gives me so. two in a row, right? Two correct. No one um, morphed. A no, raccoon. no, because there was no morphine but you're right, getting I'm... kind of in the ballpark of like how to make guesses half 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 credit <laughs> half credit at least no 
How about a pleasant pat <laughs> on the back? A, a good try sticker. You can have a point of inspiration and re-roll your next attempt. How's that? That works. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So I get I get advantage on that one. Yes. It, no. So let's start with a field trip. How much did we love field trips as kids, guys? I had the weirdest luck with field trips. Anytime there was so one I actually wanted to go on, it would like snow three feet or some other crazy fluke thing would happen and end up canceling the field trip. But I have been to the fire department in my hometown and a Native American museum site, the same ones probably seven times each because those never got canceled. <laughs> like the same places with the same tour and the same talking points every time. What about you, Tim? Were field days yeah. good days? Yeah, field trips were always good. <laughs> there was no no expectations for me to do anything on field trips, so they were always a win, even if they were boring. Did anybody Google where uh, Rachel went on a field trip to see if there was any hint as to where they're located? No, because it's the same place they mentioned in like every book. No, no, no. Wow. Do not speed read. All right. Yeah. I'm the only one allowed to from now on. Hey, I haven't answered yet. They talk about okay. the bay, and they talk about all of these TV shows in production. Nope, none of that is what I'm talking about. What are you talking about, then? Let me find it. They, they went on a field trip to the zoo at the gardens. Yeah. They did. There's also a mention of, of a previous field trip. Oh, is that what you're talking about? Oh, yes. yeah. Where they went to a Twinkie factory and didn't get any Twinkies. Oh, no, I didn't. I did. I did. The Twinkie thing. I didn't think about that. So you, nobody Googled where the Twinkie factory would be? I mean, there are no. multiple Twinkie factories. There's one... Are you sure? I know there's... Well, okay, I may be thinking uh, of a Little Debbie factory, actually. It is. Little, Little Debbie is in... That's the one you're talking about. Well, we're going to have to bleep some of that, huh? <laughs> I don't think it tells you where I am if I know that Little Debbie is in... I'm not in... I'm somewhere else, Yerks. Fair enough. So where is the Twinkie factory? I am Googling. Looks like uh, Hostess Factory Locations is probably what we want. And not the ones in... Here's a... Yeah, I think hold on. You'd have to... You'd have to... You remember they, like, shut down the Twinkies for a while. So perhaps these aren't the same factories that would have been in that time. Well, true. We'd have to date the... Twinkie factories. Maybe Twinkie factories are in fact fronts for Yerks, and that's why they Possible. had to move them. Because some Andalites found them and ate every last Twinkie there. Yeah, my map's trying to tell me that there's a cheesecake factory near me. I don't know what it's actually doing. So <laughs> Maybe they Google... make the Twinkies at the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> Google is trying a little too hard right now. It's the same factory. Yeah. <laughs> Where are Twinkies? Get you a factory that does both. Made. <laughs> I guarantee you, if you Googled it right now, there would be a recipe for Twinkie cheesecake. Oh, there definitely is. Oh, we just talked about this this week that there's Twinkie ice cream. Yes, and Ding Dong bars or whatever. <laughs> you act like ding- you didn't know that. Ding Dong. I didn't. I, I had no you, idea you until this did week. Did not know where a Ding Dong. Okay. No, no, no. I didn't know there was Twinkie ice cream. Oh. Yeah, no, had no idea. Well, it was invented in Illinois. That's about all I got at the moment. Yeah, this does sound very West Coast, though, doesn't it? Like, with everything else that goes on with the 
the rich big yacht people in the bay and yeah the filming of stuff and Visser 3 being a film exec. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't disagree. Atlanta was not a big marketing place, big filming place at the time. And New York doesn't have what, I don't know, if the, it doesn't have a New York feel so far in the series. What about so, Vancouver? Is Vancouver on water? Vancouver probably would be a good choice, but I think we've made it very clear they're in the U.S. And I can't remember why. Because of Safeway. Oh, that's right. There are no Safeways in Canada. I don't remember if that's actually true. (laughs) (laughs) It's canon now, so. (laughs) So, okay. So we get a really cool field trip to the zoo. Where Cassie's freaking out because her mother's supposed to talk. And she knows that her mother's going to try to be hip. And talk about all these bands. And can we just say, as far as those bands go, um... Would each of you like to guess how many of them I actually got the references to? Oh, I'm going to start at zero. I would say at least two. Meg is correct. Oh, it's two. Was it uh, Nine Inch Nails and Boys to Men? No, it was Boys to Men and Snoop Dogg. I I guess Snoop Dogg, do you? No idea who the Fudgies were supposed to be and still don't know who the Fugees are? (laughs) Uh... (laughs) I really, really was not sure what Nice is Neat was supposed to be until it was explained (laughs) on the next page. Nice is Neat was my favorite. And this is the book that, like, I've been waiting for where it's not Cassie's point of view, but we get to see Cassie's humor. Mm -hmm. Get get to see her as something other than the moral compass. Yeah. Oh, Cassie at the end of this is my favorite Cassie moment. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. Without question. I mean, she gets in the sickest burn. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to try to come up with other bands from the 90s with fun names, but um, I didn't listen to a ton of music in the 90s that like, I still listen to now that I could be like, oh yeah, this works. So I'm Googling 90s bands. All oh, right. We're going to actually try to do this live. This is a bad we idea. Are. Hey, this I've got to edit, and I idea, hate myself. And yet. So. <laughs> All right. Nirvana. I think that's easy. They would simply refer to it as Canadian Animation House Nelvana. <laughs> I don't think Nirvana has enough connotation that, like, her mother, well, maybe. It depends when in the 90s we are. It's, it's also, like, impossible to misread that one. So. Yeah. You could get and, to and Nelvana. Nelvana seems like. Nirvana seems like know. such a deeper cut than Nirvana actually is. <laughs> That's why it's I want to know why Boys 11 Men is better <laughs> than Boys 2 Men. It's Be- not better, it's just because it's, it's an 11 there. Two ones. Because clearly... <laughs> because clearly... She doesn't understand Roman numerals. Yeah, Cassie's mother, the doctor, the animal doctor, <laughs> has never heard of Roman numerals before. <laughs> Who is operating on animals, who is prestigious enough to be giving talks at the zoo. Pearl Jam. No, I got nothing. Nope. This is a bad segment. We shouldn't do <laughs> yeah, it. I was say, you could give me hours and I wouldn't be able to do this. <laughs> okay, we'll just go with Knit 2 Pearl Jam. The Smashing Pumpkins. See, nope. I think, no. Mm-mm. You're going to need something like Slipknot to kind of like, I don't know. This is a bad segment. Okay, fine. But we can agree the Foo Fighters would be the Food Fighters. 
Yes. And the Goo Goo Dolls would be some sort of some sort of Juju Bees joke, and Blink One Eighty Two would just need some clear eyes. My mother. The first time I realized I can't trust my mother is that she asked me to babysit the twins who were under the age of five at the time. I was like, yeah, sure, that sounds fine. Where are you guys going? Foo Fighters concert? You mother. So not fair. So yeah. Yeah. I spent a Friday night with two little rugrats while she partied with the Foo Fighters. So. Still holding a grudge, Mom, in case you're listening. <laughs> I only I only have one more note. We've already covered everything that I have about the book. Except Good for Lord, you didn't have yeah. much to talk about the book. <laughs> the um the I I'm certain that Alex was going to get to this, or at least I I really believe, is that it it there's another opportunity for his indictment of the school system. Oh hell yes, I Did have a get, note. It, I do have a note. Yeah. <laughs> After dinner and after powerhouse, I went up to my room to attack my backed-up homework. I had a paper due, and it was supposed to be five pages long, at least. I had maybe four pages worth of material, so I played with fonts and margins until my four pages could more or less fill five pages. Then I hit print and hoped my teacher wouldn't figure out what I'd done. And my note simply reads, Rachel fucking with fonts and margins equals Rachel fighting the good fight. Is literally every single teenager in America. I say it is way better to fudge margins and font sizes and maybe make all of the periods and commas in your paper size 13 or 14 instead of 12. That's actually, yep, that and double space after those uh, commas and periods. I mean, I was taught to type by an 80-year-old woman, so I did, not that the fact that she's a woman matters, she just happens to be one, an 80-year-old person who... Made damn sure that we put two spaces after every period anyway. Well, yes, but most people these days don't do that. No. In fact, so. some people get uppity about it, it turns out. On the yeah. internet, of all places. <laughs> um, but it's such a happy place. Uh, such a Such a happy place. But no, I think it is far better to mess with margins and fonts than to actually pad out with extra needless words. So I'd agree. We have all been there. Yes, Tim, you are right. I did have that note. Yep. I, I could feel it. So you went, Cassie's cool. Let's talk about papers. I got no more notes. Yeah, Nothing on it. this. Hmm. Well, jumping. The, the, the other thing, but we'll get into it later. It's the, the, the Chapman being creepy. Oh, I was going to go ahead and get into that since you alluded to it oh, in your uh, yeah. summary. Let's go ahead. And and I just want to say I don't want to like sully. Start? I don't. I don't want to sully Chapman's good name. This is the Chapman Yerk, who is the creep. I'm sure Chapman is a good man and would never have made these comments. Uh, Can we start from the white point dude. where? Oh, okay. Maybe I guess I shouldn't be sure about it. Can we start from the point of the book where she actually like jumps into a crocodile pit? I suppose. I mean, it's Tim's, it's Tim's like... week to run the show. I mean, this is what we get. It is. Apparently, we're not going to go in any kind of order. Well, that sounds like a week that I run the show, I mean, doesn't it? Tim is known for nothing if not breaking the time stream. Good God, that is very true. <laughs> That's I don't what, care. Whichever one you want to my, talk about, Tim. We can my go whole lead-in to the, to the Thanksgiving thing was me breaking the time stream. Mm-hmm. 
That was, yes. But no, um, it's it's fine, no, 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 Maria, from The Sound of Music. We'll start at the very beginning. <laughs> yeah, let's start there. We'll get to Chapman being creepy in time. So yeah, Rachel jumps into a crocodile pit to save a kid. And my first note, which comes during that sequence, well, really right before it, it's kind of the setup into it, into explain the dumb thing she's about to do. Is that she says, but the thing about fear is you can't be afraid of it. I know that sounds confusing. I guess what I mean is be afraid if you have to, right? Fear is like this vicious little worm that lives inside you and eats you alive. You have to fight it. And all I can, all I can think as I'm sitting there reading is fear is the mind killer. This is Rachel does Dune. <laughs> <laughs> he who controls the spices controls the universe. Yes, and the Yurks want the spices. That sounds like it would be like a restaurant tagline. Doesn't it? The Yerks want the spices. I mean, what do you think the secret of Visser 3's homestyle barbecue sauce is? <laughs> it's Dune Spice. That's the secret ingredient. Yeah. Makes all your, uh, all your roasted fowl taste less foul. Less foul foul. Yeah. That's another good tagline, too. Should go into marketing. I'm just saying. Tim, what is my day job? Oh, okay. <laughs> good point. <laughs> that works out. So something I didn't notice, probably because the first few chapters I tend to skim because it's a lot of repetition and retelling. But when she actually acquires the DNA, it doesn't go well. No. Like she no. knows something's wrong from that point. So that was the first time I caught that. But she does it anyway, because, you know, little boy's going to get eaten by a crocodile otherwise. Otherwise, yeah. mm -hmm. I love that Cassie tells her, don't do anything stupid, knowing that she's just going to do something stupid. Oh, definitely. Uh, the whole conversation with Jake was pretty great, too. After it gets done ripping her, <laughs> her responses. Yeah, you know, so, I don't remember if it was Tobias or Cassie. It was Tobias. It, it was, was Tobias. Tobias. Yeah, because I had a moment of, like, there's this long discussion of how... Jake and Cassie like each other. There's a, a multiple references to Jake's silky voice. But I know the next book we get like the first really good sign that like there's something going on with Tobias and Rachel. But uh and you cannot have that as your prediction. But <laughs> but I was like kind of almost being like, oh, maybe I read too much into Tobias and Rachel way too early on, and then no, he's flirting with her and being like, ask Jake what he would do. Oh, yeah. They've been flirting since, like, book three. Yeah, I know, but it's not like a... Everybody harps on how Jake and Cassie like each other. I have to be very careful while I'm on this medication, because I'm like, it's going to come out the other way around. Jake and Rachel? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything about that silky voice, but you did bring it up. It came up twice. It did come up twice. That's how if much it restraint come up twice, I exercised. I would have ignored it. Yeah. But it was also, it was a good moment too, because it was, you know, you call it flirty. It was a little more like, it, in the way I read it, it was a little more of him like, you know, I can't dive into this argument, but what I can do is help her out and get him off her back, you know? I mean, he's a like, bird. Like looking out for her a little bit. He could literally dive okay. in talons outstretched. That would end the <laughs> argument. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, That's true. I think if he had asked the same thing, Jake would have given the same reaction. I think it's like a, I got you kind of yeah. moment. Yeah. 
But it meant a little more giving it to her and letting her do it. Yeah. I just, can I hear both of your low, silky voices that you use when you're upset? It's the same <laughs> voice. Like, I'm, I'm literally furious right now. This is you, my furious upset you, You're voice. so full of shit. <laughs> I've talked to you when you're angry. That's not true. I have no idea what I sound like when I'm angry. You want to know my secret, Cap? I'm always <laughs> angry. Such a good radio voice. Thank you. Like, Thank you. It, was, it, was, it was like an NPR voice there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why did I, I do that there. shit all the time? <laughs> I felt that emotion. <laughs> Alex sounds like Marvin the Martian when he gets mad. You want to know I my don't think that's cat? Cat? No, no, stop. <laughs> <sighs> You're making me very angry. <laughs> all right, moving on. I do want to, before we move on, I do also want to point out that there is a good half page in the intro chapter stuff that uh, doesn't necessarily matter a whole lot, in which Rachel does strongly espouse the importance of self-care, a message that we should all keep in mind. Agreed. We then go into um, what I think is really cool, dynamic-wise. So they bring up that... Um, I'm just going to call him Jonathan Taylor Thomas yeah, is yeah. is going to do something. And the boys are kind of like, whatever. They're like, it's not Michael Jordan. It's not Wayne Gretzky. It's not Brett Favre. Brett. Thank you. <laughs> I was hoping somebody in this podcast would read that as Favre. Brett no, Favre. Um, Favre. The famous French existentialist, Jean-Paul Favre. <laughs> And it shows kind of like the understated or not understanding how influential like these teen magazines were in the 90s uh, on on girls and women. And like that, I mean, like I was just watching a TV show earlier that the question was of your childhood, were you a Jonathan Taylor Thomas or an Andrew Keegan girl? I don't even know and who the second one is. I don't know. I don't know who that is either. Because <laughs> you're boys. And that's okay. Um, you want to be Jonathan Taylor Thomas Girls. It's okay. Is that what I want to That's what you want to be. All right. But uh, I need so to know why now. now. I am fascinated by this study. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, and that that's they eventually. I'm introduce myself from now on. Hi, I'm Tim. I'm a Jonathan Taylor Thomas girl. <laughs> we're getting, we're, I'm, I'm ordering all of us Minds at York business cards tonight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Tim's will read oh. Tim, co-ghost, and a JTT gal. There we go. Um, I would present that to everyone I meet. <laughs> always. But yeah, they they don't see, and I and I don't know if you guys remember Jonathan Taylor Thomas of the nineties. I mean, yes. he was a short dude. He was nerdy looking. He's really grown into that nerdy looking, and uh, had the nineties hair. And and I could understand. Actually, I remember my dad even being like, "You're attracted to this kid," <laughs> and it's I get it, but. He had a fan base. He did. He had 20 websites. I had that note. Yes. 20 <laughs> whole websites. <laughs> I've got to say, though, I have to give Marco credit. The New York Times is a really great burn. Is, yes. 
And then it takes him being like, no, seriously, like he is bigger to girls than Baywatch is to all men. And they were like, he has Yasmin Fleet power? <laughs> and poor Axe is like, are these words? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just such a great moment. I have never seen this Andrew Keegan person before in my life. Do you watch 10 Things I Hate About You? No. Yes. Okay, you sh- that's a good movie. You should have seen it. Even I have right. seen it. All right. I'll add it to the list. It was also in... Party of Five. Oh, look, there's a picture of both of them next to each other. Andrew Keegan reminisces about playing basketball with Jonathan. Bookmark that page. Oh. He was an O. <laughs> he also like was in Full House a couple episodes, step by step a few episodes. Like he kind of made the rounds. I don't think he ever settled into a movie. I think he was more of a model. But I could be wrong. Until Seventh Heaven, apparently. And apparently he was in a cult and they served illegal kombucha. Not sounds about right. Not black market kombucha. Yeah. Hold sounds on. like a most uh, places in Brooklyn right now. Black Market Kombucha was actually my favorite 90s punk band. You got a pretty mild cult, I think, if that's the worst that you're doing. <laughs> and how do you get illegal kombucha? I, I don't know enough about kombucha. I'm sharing this to the Minds of Your Facebook page after we're done. So... Mainly because I want to read it later. <laughs> <laughs> so, it is just an interesting power dynamic here of like oh he was magic joel on sabrina the teenage witch you could have led with that and i'd have known exactly who he was yeah did i say allegedly he allegedly served illegal kombucha probably allegedly you're not prosecuting Um, him so you can say i just read the title of an article i'm not i'm not yeah yeah i'm not saying whether he did it or not my point being that this small chapter this interaction shows and can be probably made into a paper or like a give weight into a paper of like not understanding the importance of and power of women liking things in the nineties. But isn't like, this is still a thing. Like, okay. What we're talking about with fan clubs and, and tiger beat and all of that would have been the nineties equivalent of online communities, whether they be on Reddit or elsewhere now. Sure. And also, don't we still kind of hor- horrifically undervalue what women like? Oh, yeah. I just actually had a conversation about uh, Twilight and uh, Pumpkin Spice a couple nights ago. And how things become what women like, and suddenly the entire world hates them. Another example is the unicorn frappe. Because the unicorn frappe was pink and purple, everybody flipped out. And how dare you, and how inappropriate, and how unhealthy it was for you. And yet, if you looked at the frappes that were on Starbucks' menu already, mm-hmm. the vanilla one, the chocolate one, can't remember what else is on there, because the only one I ever got was the vanilla one. Those had more sugar, which was the big thing about the, the unicorn one, than anything... And had more everything than the unicorn. Yeah. So, 
Also, it's having just... tried many of their novelty frappuccinos, the unicorn is one of the only ones that didn't taste like liquid ass. The unicorn one was actually pretty good. It was. So, um, yeah, it's just a nice way of like, hey, if you, listener, are in some kind of collegiate class and you're writing a paper on, you know, examples of women interest not being taken serious and morse number 12 here you go have fun i have just fallen down a horrible rabbit hole about andrew keegan's cult <laughs> okay well uh, while you're doing that get, i've got to get out of here <laughs> so rachel goes home and does homework and logs into her computer which takes a few minutes because she keeps getting busy signals <laughs> <laughs> and her home page which i couldn't tell if it was a website she created, or if it's a home page that, like, when I open my internet, it goes to Google or yeah. Goodreads. <laughs> but it is of Jeremy something, John, Jeremy Jason something. You almost called him Jeremy Jordan, didn't you? I did, I'm sorry. I keep almost doing that, too. So I'm going to stick don't... with Tom- Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah. Jonathan Jordan Thomas. I live in a go. world where Rachel's homepage is mines at York. Com. <laughs> it definitely that's the, is. That's the world I live in. I mean, it's only fair, though, because you did make your homepage scholastic.com slash animorphs. By the way, true. hear anything back yet? Nothing. Oh. I blame the Yerks. Yeah. I do, too. I'm worried so, that my, it's just sitting on somebody's little inbox. They're right probably going, there. we don't know what to do with this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so... She kind of does her own research and, you know, asks her sister, like, hey, what do you think of Jeremy Jason McCole? And her sister is like, oh, my God, he's the cutest. He's even cuter than Marco. That was funny. Yeah, that was. Um, <laughs> and said, like, hey, if there was a club you could join that could get you closer and, like, oh, my God, oh, my God, if there was a club that could get me closer, what would I do? And it's very realistic. So, what the sharing in, like, a strangely feministic way is going after the right guy. She does her homework. I also highlighted the several busy signals. And then she realizes that in the next two days, he's going to be coming into town. And I think this is the trigger for the next attack. Yeah. Also, who is the Barry and Cindy Sue show? Regis and Kathy Lee. Is that who it's supposed to be? Okay. Yeah. Which I like the way that they portrayed the Kathy Lee character. And the Regis character. Like, yeah. Regis coming through giving everyone oh, yeah. really high-energy pep talks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely read that in Regis's voice, and it tracked. <laughs> oh, definitely. So the also good news is, like, we're late enough in the 90s that you can both be on the phone and on the web at the same time. I, mean, you, I remember when that was a big deal. You, you could have just had two lines. Rachel's mother was a lawyer. She oh. probably would have had two lines. Yeah. Oh, I she either had two lines or DSL. Not if she was getting busy signals. That's I true. Was, I was at one of my friend's houses, and we didn't know it, but his, his, his sister was upstairs typing this really super long email. And he went over to make a phone call and picked up the phone and heard that sound and knew that he had made this horrific mistake <laughs> and immediately hung up the phone. And we just heard the sister scream. And we knew at that point we had to leave and we ran. We, we ran and exited the house because we were fearing for our lives. <laughs> so I assume she never found out. 
Oh, no, I'm sure she knew it was us, but we just didn't know any better. Picked up the phone and, of course, broke the internet alive. connection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, we ran. We ran. We left the house. We were gone. <laughs> um, so this panic attack causes her to go from alligator to ant to, or some kind of bug, to elephant. Fly. She went to fly. Fly. Crushing her just, house. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Did you just say alligator? I did, damn it. Crocodile. Yeah. Which was the funniest bit in the whole book yeah. to me. Yes. Was that, that running alligator crocodile. Crocodile. Gag. Um, Just think Elton John's song. That's all you need. I will try. Which is the theme for this. It, back, to, back to our occasional often forgotten segment, Alex Music designs the, the show of the adaptation of the book. I would absolutely be playing Crocodile Rock at every opportunity in this episode. <laughs> yes. Like a nice instrumental version in the score, and then ultimately straight up Crocodile Rock during the bathroom scene. We get Rachel's parents' names. Dan and Naomi. You get a little bit why Rachel's so neurotic if she's got a lawyer for a mom. And a TV reporter for a dad. Yeah. But she gets to spend the rest of the book up at a 22nd floor hotel room with food service. While her mom and sisters go to grandma's house. So why does Cassie agree not to tell anybody? Because Rachel says she'll check with Axe as soon as possible. And then forgets. Does she forget? I think she actually does forget. I think something else came up or something else was urgent and just she never actually got there. I guess it's fair to say that they are kids. Yeah. There is a moment that she says that she's had, maybe it's her first crush, but she's definitely had this crush since she was 10. Yes. And I was just, just like, oh, that's so long. Oh, like, maybe a year? Maybe three? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> All right, we are up to Chapman. Okay. Um, okay. All right, I just have the note. Ew. Yeah. With this. That was, my note was, no, sir. Just, no, sir. How did I look I'm on TV? Read... I asked. Very self-possessed. Very attractive. And very mature. And I just felt gross and wanted to put the book down. And she says, That cool. makes you feel gross? Yeah. An adult calling a... Teenager attractive? Yeah, yeah no. no. A, a barely teenager, too, at that. I, it, no. 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 Just none of that was okay. Like, I, you could just see the creepy in his eyes when you read yeah. that. Like, I read that and then I thought, oh, I guess Louis C.K. is Chapman this week. <laughs> I don't feel it's the same level of creep as you're insinuating. That is gross. It was gross to read. Every teenage girl, go, if she goes on TV and she comes off and goes, how did I, what, what was Rachel's question? How did I look on TV? You looked good. You looked attractive. Okay, no. Nope. You looked good nope. is fine. Very self-possessed yep. and very mature are fine. Very attractive is bad. Yeah, and it makes the other two bad. When yes. used in conjunction. Very attractive is the How I Met Your Mother series finale of compliments. It casts anything else he says <laughs> in a horrible, <laughs> shitty light that is just bad. Yeah. Okay. But I, yeah, I'd agree with that. If you just said very mature by itself, 
it wouldn't have been creepy, although maybe not the route I would have taken. No. Yeah. But, yeah, attractive and mature together? No. No, sir. Yeah. Self-possessed, I think, is great. Or, yeah, how about that word? Great. You looked great. Yeah. Like, let's just stop there. Great. You did a great job. And you were, and you were very well-spoken. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. But, oh, my student and friend of my daughter, you were very attractive on TV. Yeah. No. no. Show me no on the big board. <laughs> I get where you're coming from. You're coming from... 2018 and you're coming from assistant principal talking to students but if you look at it as, as dad talking to child's best friend who is known to be very fashionable to be care about her looks and etc etc i'll agree with you that 2018 tim looks at this probably different than maybe earlier versions of him would yeah but it's I a can't weird undo. line. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. It's a weird I, line. But I can't undo the 2018 Tim portion of it, and like yeah. I can't even think back to when it would have been okay and think that it's okay. You know? Yeah. I just think that there are more levels re- levels in this relationship other than like your assistant vice principal talking to you as a student. No, I I get that. I just there are so many other he- ways to say. You looked good that aren't you looked attractive. Sure. Is his title assistant vice principal? He's assistant vice principal. Isn't that redundant? No. He's no? he's he's the understudy to the understudy. <laughs> yeah. So then we discuss that her grades are slipping, but she's still maintaining an A average, showing that Rachel is smart. When you get an A minus and your mother goes, that's two points from a B, and you're in trouble. But when you get a 88, which is two points from an A, no, fuck you. It's a B. And you want to know why I'm neurotic about things, about perfectionism, grades. The smartest thing I did in college was get a B in Japanese, so I never had to worry about getting a B again. I want to talk about grizzly bear boots. Do we have a marketing here? They're called Uggs. Grizzly bear boots. No, they're no. That's the same thing. I I kept saying I kept saying boots with the fur over in my head when I was reading that part. So you're imagining her and her apple bottom jeans? No. No. I am not Chapman. I did not do that. (laughs) Is Apple Bottom a My Little Pony? No. Apple Jack. That's the My Little Pony. (laughs) (laughs) I really wanted a pair of grizzly bear boots as a kid. Did not get them. Were they they actual things? Just after reading this book? Yes. I'm sure there are things that you can buy to put over your shoes, especially for cosplayers. Yeah. But. But it just, your mother didn't want you wandering around in your bare feet. You're correct. In fact, <laughs> yes. Thank you for that. That uh, that is a great one. Oh man, that one took me. A long time. <laughs> I just got it. <laughs> worth it. It was worth it. Now I thought about not saying it because it was bad and dumb, but that made it worth it. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> oh, here we go. You twenty three dollars on Amazon. You are the wind beneath my puns. <laughs> what is on Amazon? Grizzly bare feet. 
Okay. While we're on the subject of grizzly bears and puns, I need to point out the best foreshadowing in this book. Okay. And that comes at the very beginning. And I actually have to find it because I didn't go back and take another picture of it. Uh, so future me will just edit out this pause. Hi, future Alex. Future me will say, what's up, Tim? What's up, Tim? <laughs> you know what? You know what makes me happy? That's true. I know that'll happen. Mm-hmm. Just be sitting there editing and he'll be like, what's up, Tim? You were not wrong. Okay. I cannot find the line exactly, but at the beginning when Rachel is talking about meeting Jeremy Jordan Thomas or whatever his name is now <laughs> and uh, doing something to him, she says that she will spare us the grizzly details for now. And then for what goes down, she is in her grizzly bear morph. And when she said grizzly oh. details, I thought, oh. oh, please let this be in the bear morph. And then it was, and I was so, so happy. And that is the best foreshadowing. It is. It's page six. Ah, you found it. I did. Yep. I did. I, as soon as you said that, I remembered that. I didn't put that together. It was a shame what I, it was a, it was a shame I had to do what I did to him. It hurt me as much as it hurt him. Well, maybe not quite as much. But we'll get to all that grisly stuff later. I'll start at the beginning. That's such a hidden Alex joke. That's so great. That's fantastic. That is that is my favorite thing in the series so far. Is that punny <laughs> foreshadowing? Yeah, we are up to the yachts. Okay. Where we find out that Jonathan Taylor Thomas is an asshole. Yes. Alleg- allegedly. You know what's funny? After he kind of disappeared from the world for a little while, like he went to go to school and all that. I know he did, but it was really fun as a kid who had read this book, knew that they were alluding to Jonathan Taylor Thomas, and then he suddenly disappeared. Yes, yes, to go to school. (laughs) Maybe that's just what he wants us to think. Exactly. Maybe you say maybe he was hiding out in Uzbekistan. <laughs> Get that silky voice away. What, what? Kazakhstan. <laughs> Where there's apparently no llamas or alligators. But there are llamas in Chile. <laughs> uh so they approach the yacht. There are four people on the yachts. And why it never hits them that maybe anything with like powerful people Visor one, Visor three is going to handle. Yeah, like it's always like, oh, surprise! Visor three is here. I mean, this does seem like a really petty thing, like, oh, we're gonna recruit this star. But if I assume they've got some paper pusher yurks that are like, if we recruit this star, here are the statistical points of how many people we can get to sign up for the sharing just to try to meet this star. Timra, shoot two six. Give me charts and graphs. I'm just saying you're not gonna send your 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 second best salesman for that bitch. Exactly. You know he's the one who can decide what they have to offer. No, they're him. gonna send their third best, Visser Three. The, <laughs> oh, good point. Their their best Earth salesman, I guess. And surprisingly, when something goes kablooey and Visser Three has to morph. JTT doesn't run away, unlike a few other people have. No, JTT thinks it's very cool. Yeah. Stupid kids. Which, to be fair, 
I also probably would have thought it was very cool. <laughs> but it, yeah. But Except I for, was a dork. Even if you had, even if you had known it was an alien, going to potentially kill other aliens. I mean, the whole alien on alien violence thing, I would have been less down with. But oh, hey, this dude just turned into a a scorpion centaur. A smurfy scorpion centaur. <laughs> that would have gotten my attention for a moment. I'd have been a little distracted by that. Yeah. And then when he turned into a uh, stingray. A giant yellow stingray, yeah. apparently. Or multicolored. So. That shoots rockets. While we are on this boat, Jeremy and Jason sat silently while the man spoke. The man scared him. That was obvious. When Jeremy Jason did speak, it was in a low, strained voice. And if I say no? You won't say no, the man said. He turned, and then I saw his face. I saw an icy smile and cold, dead eyes. One, questionable understanding of consent. Two, I think there's a subtext of Dom genes here. Uh, yeah. Jamie Dornan is this episode's Visser 3. Oh, no. I, I really I really want to have an argument to all of that, but I don't. Fifty Yorks of Grey. I, uh, <laughs> can he keep the beard? Uh, you know what? I'll allow it. Thank you. I'll I'll okay. Yeah, I'm okay with that then. And it is very Dom jeans, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you both huff like you don't have your own Dom jeans. Please stop. There were jodhpurs. Is that the same thing? (laughs) (laughs) So, we then learn... I don't think you buy Dom jeans at Old Navy. (laughs) You do. You know how to buy them right. You're buying an idea. But yes, (laughs) you should be buying more expensive jeans if you want them. At least at the H&M. My my relaxed fit Dom jeans. (laughs) Boot cut. (laughs) (laughs) anyways excuse me do you have any acid wash boot cut dom jeans you guys are so off i need room for my tail (laughs) excuse me this is the 90s i was recommended to uh to uh damn it what were the jeans that had legs that were the same size as the waist I have no idea. Meg is not going to help me here. She knows the answer and nope. refuses. Are you talking about Jinko? Yes. <laughs> it's the Dom, 90s. Dom Jinko. It's the 90s. Mr. 3 could have had Dom Jinkos. So let's talk about this allergic reaction. <laughs> you mean how you feel about this line of jokes? Yep. <laughs> quite allergic to it. And I'm wondering if I could get rid of all my allergies the same way Rachel does. It would be so nice. By growing a crocodile out of your back? Yeah. By growing the thing that gives me the allergy out of my back and just like fighting it to the death. (laughs) Which would be. That little, the little guy from the Mucinex commercials. Which would be kittens, I guess. So what you're saying is all it would take for you to kick a kitten is to never have allergies again. <sighs> Maybe. No, no, that's um, a yes. Grass? 
hay like hay hay flakes <laughs> <laughs> i'm very allergic to grass so. i would and now okay hold on growing grass out of your back would be one thing the battle to the death with grass <laughs> is the one that i want to say <laughs> well yeah so no, it'd be a very no quick battle <laughs> It would be a quick battle. It would not require another animal to be there. <laughs> hey, you could bring a goat, though. That would make it go even faster. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> I don't know. What else? What are you guys allergic to? Nothing. I never How had allergies. The oh sun? I never had I allergies like until sun. a few years ago, and I do not know exactly what caused mine now. It seems like maybe each year for the last couple of years, they've gotten a little worse. Um, I know for sure that honeysuckle does it. Mm. Like the smell of it? Like being around it? I mean, more the pollen than the smell, but yes. No, yeah. just the thought no, of it. We... Whenever I think of honeysuckle, yeah, I no. sneeze. It's weird. <laughs> we we used to eat honeysuckle all the time when I, I was a kid. I just got a vision of like the hump, that you know, the alligator hump. And you got a hump on your back and then it just it's like explodes into all this pollen. <laughs> That's so gross. Yeah, this was a pretty body horror light book. I'm glad that we could find a way to bring that in. <laughs> um, seriously, no food allergies for either of you? Oh, food allergies. Uh, yeah, I've got cabbage and lettuce. There you go. Aspartame. And it's I'm not allergic a, to wine. It's not an allergy, but I have really high iron. So anything that's like red meat or most green vegetables... And most beer is is off the table for me. Wine and morphine tends to be off the table for me. Individually or together? Both. Okay. Ranch dressing. You can't, are you allergic to ranch dressing? Yeah, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. That that's just means you don't like it. Eh, tomato, tomato. No. No, that's... <laughs> Wait, that's Tim, do you mean you're allergic to tomatoes? Thing. No, I like tomatoes. Okay. Just because you don't yeah. like something doesn't make it an allergy. I know, but it's easier to say that than nobody no. tries to force it on me. Everybody tells me that I'm wrong for not liking ranch. Don't try and sure, put me in a box. Okay. I no, know who okay. I am. I don't like your Time ranch. Out. I don't have to like your ranch. Saying I don't like ranch is a statement that can be verified saying I'm allergic to ranch, which is a combination of like six or seven different ingredients. <laughs> doesn't work when you put them together they taste bad so therefore i'm allergic no okay. tim, you just don't like it tim two things one not allergic to ranch does taste like some sort of ogre's gym socks so you're not ah, wrong thank you see yeah that and blue cheese both i'm like they asked me if i want no give me the honey mustard and go away oh mustard's also like nasty. i don't honey mustard uh, unless I'm it is homemade is good I'm a fan Sorry. of most, most trains of honey, honey mustard. mustard is only good if it's homemade. That's what I was trying to say. Um, but you are not allergic to ranch. Explain the bad taste. You know what mouth. I'm allergic to? And what leaves a bad taste in my mouth? What's that? Jake's hypocrisy. Early in this book, <laughs> a couple of things. So just to set the, set the, the stage Wait. for my, my, my rent here. No, I will not rate. You have not wait. You've had your chance. You've done enough trolling. Yeah, I'm going to continue. Right, you're right. You're right. I'm done. We do have a podcast to do. People will listen to this, and more importantly, future me has to edit this. And well, 
while future past Alex said hello Tim, future present Alex says fuck you Tim for making me have to edit that. <laughs> and I'm going to cut that in here. Yeah, fuck you Tim. I had to cut out two whole minutes of that. Maybe it can be bonus content or something. <laughs> anyway, both this book and the last book could see everyone have to deal with a lot less Surus if they would just fucking tell each other what's going on. I am not saying Rachel is in the right here any more than I thought Jake was in the right in the last book for not saying, hey, you guys, I am in fact seeing the future. And we're monkeys. Maybe we should not do this thing. Maybe we should talk about this. Which is why Jake does not get to judge. And yet, Jake judges. Jake nodded. Could be. Could be we can't pull this off. Could be we'll have to forget about it. The good-humored smile evaporated. He gave me a cold look. Maybe you should have thought about that, Rachel. You're the one who blew the mission today. You're the one who let Visser 3 know we were on to Jeremy Jordan. Next time, maybe you'll let the rest of us know when you're not in shape to handle a mission. You know, I didn't think about that when I was reading, but that, I mean, you're exactly right. That is spot on the same thing that he did last book. And I'm going to revise last episode's statement. Maybe Jake is a Scott Summers. Yeah, <gasps> yeah. No, no, no. That tracks now. That very much tracks. That's also, I think, the meanest thing that Alex can say about anybody. Actually, when you it listen is. to this week's Pandalology, you'll learn that there is one one character for whom I have more distaste than Scott Summers. Cool. Um, I think we're going to get a lot of Jake bouncing back and forth and what we think of his leadership up until the very end. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure we will. At the end of the day, I'm giving Jake shit as though he's a real human. Conflict drives narrative. Well, yes. This is very true. And these books build on things that happen in previous books. If Jake's going to be a hypocrite here, I'm going to assume that at some point it comes up later. So, Axe describes the the poetic burping. (laughs) I can't remember what it's actually called. I wrote it in the dictionary. Oh, I did make notes about Brad Pitt's lips. Oh, you're actually making a dictionary? Yeah, every time I get a Andalite term, or your term, it's a Harith Illant. Harith Illant. Cool. Yeah. Which sounds poetic until you translate it and it becomes... DNA fart. Burp. Burp. (laughs) Which, okay, so this makes me think that Z-Space is basically a closet, (laughs) and you have a wardrobe of animals there when you morph. Because you pull the whole crocodile out of Z-Space and You're, eliminate it from you. You, you so eject created it. created an entire being. You eject it using mass that is in Z-Space. I was going to say energy, but mass is the correct okay. term. Which means one of two things has happened here. Either someone who got stuck in a morph has donated some mass. Sorry, Tobias. <laughs> or... Someone isn't going to be able to morph back because Rachel has stolen their mass. Oh, I didn't think about that. Possible. That's kind of a fun concept. 
That could make a fun little comedy. <laughs> and a little end of like comedy later on. Yeah. Like it, it, he gets to change back like at like an hour and 58 minutes just in time. But there's a crocodile shaped hole in his butt. <laughs> <laughs> so she lies about burping. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I guess we get the moment where Marco realizes that uh, Rachel can have feelings for people. There's a very long, multi-page, Rachel has a crush on someone, and it has caused her emotional angst, which is why she morphed. Yeah. Which actually ties into the note I have. So yeah. Are we up to the Barry and Sue show? I am. We know Tim is. Tim ran out of notes in the first five minutes. <laughs> Tim starts this with, I want to go ahead and get this out there. And then was out yeah. of notes. <laughs> it's fine. It's more time for him to read about illicit kombucha markets. I it's guess. Super, super interesting. I, think, I, I don't know. I, you know, I've been thinking about starting my own cult. So yeah. people that do it, I'm. And if you fund it with illegal kombucha, maybe. No offense, you don't have the personality to start your own cult. I mean, I have a personality to start one, just not a successful one. (laughs) What's? I'm not even sure of that. What's sadder than a cult that ends up in everyone's suicide as a comet passes overhead? A cult of one. (laughs) Yeah, just just me. Sitting alone at McDonald's. What is the loneliest (laughs) cult that they'll ever be? We've figured out who Cindy and what's his name are. Billy. Who is Bart Jacob supposed to be? Um, there is no like Australian or not Steve Irwin. Who's the other guy? Yeah, there is another Jack, one. Um, Jack. Jack. Something. Animal guy name. Jack Hanna. Jack. Jack Hanna. Jack right? Hanna. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And how long before this book was the Emperor's New Groove? Uh, the Emperor's New Groove, I believe, was after this book. I I think I agree. I want to say the Emperor's New Groove was like 2003. I'm looking it up, though. I really I th- thought it was... I pegged it for late 90s. Google, don't suck. You you just brought up Animal Guy Named Jack. It's an autobiography title, though, right? Cult of One? I, I think it's like work. a parody memoir biography is what it is. <laughs> 2000. Emperor's New Groove okay. was 2000. So, so it's close enough. So now we are in the makeup room. Yes. Hold on, what did the Emperor's New Groove have to do with... Did you not get a serious Kuzco vibe out of Marco the Talking Llama? Yeah. Because I, for one, immediately cast a young David Spade as Marco. Hell yes. Oh, no. I Well, I... Have you seen Emperor's New Groove? We've already made Patrick Warburton one of our Chapmans. Trying to avoid having to say no. That you haven't seen one of the... Okay, that's a really good Disney movie. Tim. Tim. That your your son would truly appreciate watching. Tim, real talk. I've, I've actually heard that that it's really good. You haven't it's seen The Emperor's New Groove for real? Yeah, I don't think so. I think I've seen parts of it. It is either the best or second best Disney movie. What would be the other best? Hercules. Oh. Which is the best Superman movie, also. I don't know if I agree with that, yeah. but Hot it's take. definitely top four. What do you let your kid watch? No, Mostly car chases, TV. cops reruns. Yeah, yeah. Cops is good. He's got to learn about real life. So. I feel bad for your kid. Anyway. Uh, a lot of Judge Judy. <laughs> so we're in the makeup chair. 
I didn't get up from the makeup chair, and I didn't shake his hand, because I have to tell you the truth. Even knowing what he was now, even knowing what kind of person he was, even knowing that inside his head there lived an evil gray yerk slug, if he'd hugged me like he had Cassie, I would have morphed. I would have morphed big time. And my note is just morphing boner. Yeah, that that did not read near as creepy in my head as it did when Alex just did it. I see. So you're taking it from like a, she's turned on. Yes. No, she's pissed. Oh no, I got. No. I I've got a side between with this there. and the whole her reaction to looking at pictures of him online triggering morphing. No, I think that yeah. she thinks he's hot and that gets it going for her, and she morphs when no, she's. No, 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 no. You guys are wrong. She says, even as uh, mad as I was, of... if he had hugged me like he hugged Cassie. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Also, I, I really just wanted to get morphing boner into the record. <laughs> <laughs> in the few seconds before I dived again, I saw Jeremy Jason standing on the back of the boat. He had a huge, fierce grin on his face. He was pointing and laughing like a fan in the, at a boxing match. Something he yelled drifted to me on the breeze. Is he awesome or what? He was referring to Visor 3. He had just watched Visor 3 shed his human form, it meld into a stolen Andalite body, and then morph into a fearsome beast from some far planet. All his reaction to it was admiration. I felt a cold fury. What kind of a human being would sell out his own species? I'm not saying she didn't have beef with him. I'm saying she says right here, even knowing all of this, If he'd hugged her like he had hugged Cassie, she'd morph. To kill him. As an uncontrolled allergic reaction because of how attractive he is. I disagree, but that's okay. Saying she'd morph despite that is the only reason why I say no. It has to be some sort of like, no, she still can't quite get over how attractive he is. I disagree, but that's okay. Okay. I also feel like the dude's name keeps changing, but maybe that's just because I can never remember it. I would love it if the dude's name changed every chapter. (laughs) I mean, I definitely have said it a different way every time I've said it, but that's as a joke. So Cassie ends up acquiring Rachel, just in case, because everything does, of course, explode. Marco volunteers to morph into Rachel. But he's busy being a llama. (laughs) And Rachel says no. So, some consent there. I am stalling for time to find the point where Cassie talks about being in Rachel's brain. Oh, I've got that. I think that's all the way at the end. I have it? that one. Like, right before there, at the yeah, hotel room. that's at the end. Yeah. Um, before we get Because, yeah, there... we kind of go through all that with Tim's summary, but, yeah, what's yeah. up? Um, I love the scene where they find out that Marco is the llama. Yes. They're pissed off. Disaster girl, I repeated. Excuse me? Stumble on out of here, Cassie said. We both looked at the llama. If you're waiting to get made up, you can forget it, I told the llama. You're not a big enough star. Maybe not, but I will be someday, the llama said. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Cassie and I yelped. (laughs) You'd think we of all people would would be prepared for strange things like talking llamas. But it caught us totally by surprise. Marco, I hissed. Who else would be this cute? Check out this fur. Check out this little llama smile on my little llama face. 
entirely in uh, Neopur's group. Bad Lava. I also have a pair of notes on not so much the Hieronymus Bosch nightmare scene that is Rachel the grizzly bear giving birth out of her back to a crocodile in a women's restroom. Yeah, it's definitely done a lot better on the screen. To comic relief woman, the door exploded from its hinges, outrushed a crocodile and a, with a squirrel on its head and a grizzly bear. Ah! The woman screamed. I think she found another bathroom after that. <laughs> no, she did not find another bathroom after that. She found the bathroom <laughs> in that moment. Yes. And if there's any question of this, a few, page la- few pages later, Rachel says, I looked down at the stilled crocodile head. You know, even dead, it just scared the pee out of me. Yep. All right. You want Cassie's sick burn? Have you found it or do you want me to read it in? Uh, do you have it? I've got it. I fell into step behind Cassie. Nice job, sister, I said. Oh, good. You're back, she said. It's a good thing. I'm having the worst time trying to control this morph. You're having trouble being me? What could be hard about that? She raised an eyebrow in a way that looked as much like Cassie as it did like me. (laughs) This brain of yours, it keeps trying to get me to do really dumb things. (laughs) You know, that does... When I read that, you know, you you think about the animal brains that you have to deal with. What would it be like having to deal with another person's brain? Weirdly aroused by birds? In this case? <laughs> it is a good way to figure out, I guess, <laughs> the real anxiety that your friends have. And maybe their tendencies of crushes and things like that. I don't know. Birds. It'd just be interesting. Like, would it, would it overtake you like it would some of the animals? Or would it, I think... would it be easier to deal with? Because it seems like the, the less instinct-driven animals are a little less... If you have dominating personality traits, I could see that yeah, that makes sense be an issue. If yeah. if everyone morphs into Marco and then starts making goofy jokes, well, no, yeah. yeah. The bit between Cassie and uh and uh, yeah, the, the little bit beyond that, where she she talks about staying and find a real quick. Uh, and look how well it turned out. We're all alive. Jeremy Jason probably won't be endorsing anything for a while, let alone the sharing. Plus, I stepped on the yurk. Jake will still kill you. I laughed. Cassie, if I were Jake, I'd kill me too. Say, I don't suppose you'd want to stay in my body any uh, while longer. Nope. <laughs> Coward. Yep. That yeah. sounds like that, that was a good exchange. Yeah, I... I really love Cassie and non-Cassie books because I think they let her, she has to be the moral compass occasionally, but they let her breathe more than they do in her own books where we get into her head and it is almost always a battle of morality. Yeah. Agreed. So this book, we still don't know how they became friends. We still don't know what started it and like kept it going so long but at least their friendship feels real yeah and they know each other well enough that like she can get on stage and pretend to be her which is i think a perfectly timed book for that i agree this is definitely this is definitely my second favorite this one right behind the capture i really like the fun a fun romp 
Yeah, if we want to go through them really quick, we've got, what, 12 books now? Yeah. 13 uh, if you count Megamorphs. I'm writing them down. I bet I can put them in order really quick. Uh, I couldn't. Me neither. I can get you my top two. Actually, I think maybe seven would be like a third. My number one is always going to be number five. Seven's... That's the first Tobias book. Was that three? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that would be up there too, Tobias book. My top five are number five with Marco, where we see his mom. Yeah, that's a good one. Number two is when we meet the Elemis for the first time. Number three would be when we meet Axe for the first time. Yeah. Number four, the capture. And this would be number five. Yeah. That's a good list. I think that'd be it. Yeah, I might have to change the order a little bit, and I might add that, that first Tobias book in there. But otherwise, I think that's pretty close to my same five. Guessing you're about to get another really good Tobias book, too. Yeah, Tobias is next. Uh, when does the Andalite Chronicles come in? So, I guess for listeners, um, we are going to do this in order. So we are going to do Tobias's book next, and then we are going to do three a three-parter on the Andalite Chronicles after that. Yeah. And the Andalite Chronicles was published in three parts, then published Collected. We're doing everything where that collected edition came out rather than like alternating between a regular book and an Andalite Chronicles and a regular book right. and an Andalite Chronicles. Because otherwise again. we fucked up. So we're just going to do th- three episodes in a row on the Andalite Chronicles. Yeah. And we're going to learn lots of things in the Andalite Chronicles. It's going to be so mind blowing. <laughs> You're going to find out that even though it's called Andalite Chronicles, some of your favorites are going to come back. Anyways, anything else we want to say about this book? Um, ways that technology would change things. There would be way more than 20 websites about Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Uh, Cassie would definitely be buying a CD so that Marco could burn it and put it on his computer. I mean... Actually, I guess he'd be like, can Marco I would have Spotify? Just, yeah. <laughs> or just downloaded <laughs> it illegally somewhere off the internet. Yeah. But yes, definitely way more than 20 websites on Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah. There are probably 20 websites on Jonathan Taylor Thomas now. That's what I was just going to ask. I wonder if there's a way for us to check how many Well, I mean, like, there are. if you think of just, like, basic stuff, there's going to be IMDb. There's going to be a Wikipedia. He's going to have his own. If he's on social media, so that's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, maybe Snapchat. That's seven without really trying. All right. I just Googled Jonathan Taylor Thomas with quotes around it. So you're getting that specifically. There are 692,000 results on Google. But those include news stories or like mentions and not like websites dedicated to him. Like fan sites. If I Google. I bet you if you go to Tumblr. You would find like. More than 27 Jonathan Taylor Thomas dedicated tumblers. If I Google... So we'll have to start a Jonathan Taylor Thomas website that just tracks other Jonathan Taylor Thomas websites. There you go. If I Google Jonathan Taylor Thomas fan club, I get 574 results. That's a better... Okay. Now, if you Google Jeremy Jason McColl... I wonder if there's more than 20 websites for him. I get 657 results for Jeremy Jason McCall, which is 
about 80 more results than I got for Jonathan Taylor Thomas fan club. Interesting. Has anybody started the Jeremy Jason McCall fan club? I would not be surprised if there was one back in the 90s. No results found for Jeremy Jason McCall fan club. All right, we're doing it. Sad days. Yeah, we have to do that now. Yeah, that's a thing. Okay, what about uh, what about morphing money making schemes, Alex? Well, not so much a money making scheme. I was going to explain how wombats make square poop, but somebody beat me to that on our Facebook page. <laughs> I also put it on Twitter. <laughs> that was apparently a study done at Georgia Tech, though, and Very cool. the article uh mentioned that there are potential manufacturing applications. So. Very cool. Of course it was done at Georgia Tech. So instead, I'm going back to the well of feeding sea creatures drugs, which somehow is a well that I can go back to. In this case, with a scientific American uh, piece on asocial octopuses becoming cuddly on MDMA. Okay. So in order to study the effects of ecstasy and mdma on humans as it interacts with uh serotonin they decided to find one of the least human-like animals they could that would react to methylene deoxymethamphetamine and get it high and that was an octopus so they put In one vase, like some toys, and in one vase, another octopus, and then got an octopus high on MDMA and sat it between them. And sober octopi preferred playing with toys because they are asocial creatures. Stoned octopi went over to the other octopus in the vase and tried to hug it. Wow. They became much, much more social on methylene deoxymethamphetamine. Hmm. So, can't get lobsters high, but you can get octopi high, and they do become much, much friendlier. So I guess now we know what happens in an octopus's garden. Nice. Or at least how to get invited into the octopus's garden. Awesome. That's good to know. Yeah, That's going to be... Like, one day I'm going to find an application for these animal facts, and I'm going to be yeah. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get... I don't know that that's the winner, You but... get pulled over by the state patrol, and all you have in your car <laughs> is some MDMA and an octopus. I'll just put them right so between us. So you just us. feed the octopus the MDMA, and you'd be like, party animal. <laughs> all right. Not a money-making scheme, but there you go. No. All right. Uh, so this is where we're going to put in the fan fiction. Hey, folks, this is where the fanfic should go, but we're running a little bit behind with it, and since the episode's already late, we wanted to go ahead and release. So we will either drop it in as a separate bonus episode after this one, or double up and do a couple of chapters together next week. Okay, uh, do we have any listener questions or reviews? We've had some comments from the peanut gallery. Let me pull that up. Which, by the way, if you weren't in the Discord, for the, it's just full of fantastic people, and it's a lot of fun. And you should totally be in it. 
That's to anybody listening. Um, some comments that have come out is that a gorilla is definitely not a monkey. And if anything, that was learned from VeggieTales. Thank you, Ian. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion on the uh, on Eric and the android and um, how black and white that book was and, and how it's a little unfortunate. I literally just got a notification from the Discord that said I'm the worst person ever. You're welcome. Yep. Very honest people in that Discord group. Yeah. Regarding Marco making a difficult decision when there are girls present, tox- comma, toxic masculinity, etc., it took me a long time to admit to myself that many of the decisions I've made stem from wanting to impress a girl. Technology that would have changed this, the Yerks plan to take over all the world's computers would have been much more devastating effects now than it would in the 90s. Uh, I do believe Ian is up to book 10. Uh, he recently got married. Congratulations. And is slowly catching back up. Fun. And I'm double checking. Yay. Instagram. Yay, getting married. Yay, Ian getting married. Twitter. None of your writings and reviews, by the way. And you know what know that means. Oh, at least I get to read the outro. Yep. That's the first time I've ever said that. Hey, I got a question for both of y'all. Yeah. Sure. What other podcasts are y'all listening to? Uh, well, mentioned it a few times. Go ahead and check out Ian. Uh, Buck has just released an episode on an absolutely remarkable thing uh, where they review the book. Uh, it was written by Hank Green. It he is the only person who has convinced me that I should actually read this book, and I angrily read it because it's very good. What did you say the name um, of that podcast was? Uh, second Opinion. Also, this is how the the book chain starts, because as soon as she read it, she made told me that I had to read it. Yes, but it takes you like six months, and by that point, I'm it like, does. like does. is it it's worth it? We lost it. <laughs> <laughs> if you are a Mass Effect fan, uh, and we know that you are. Big shout out to Reignite Podcast. Uh, go check them out. Mostly because MJ is amazing. And I'm also going to shout out Divisive Issues. One of our uh, other quiet fans does a comic book podcast that is currently going through uh, Captain Marvel that is in a very, very good way. So go listen to their several part uh, series on Captain Marvel that had the first episode making me cry. So Awesome. MJ posted a picture in the Discord of her reignite t-shirts and they're awesome and now i really want one go buy a t-shirt then i think i'm going to <laughs> okay that was i think that's how that's gonna tim happen. is all about the merch right now we'd like to thank christina spinks for our show art if you're interested in getting some cool art from her email her at c.spinks.animator at gmail.com or visit her at chaos does art on instagram or in the Keep discord our, our or in the discord Keep our at Minds at Yerk on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to send us questions, comments, or love letters, you can email us at mindsatyerk at gmail.com. Website is mindsatyerk.com. Yerk is spelled Y-E-E-R-K. If you like us and want to help us out, rate review us on Apple Podcasts. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and let us know if we aren't on the podcaster. Podcatcher. Of your choice. All right. I think Alex 
needs to give us a line now. Somebody tell me when. When. Anyway, Chapman said, suddenly glancing at his watch. All right. That's our show. I'm Tim. (laughs) I'm Alex. I'm Megan. And until then, we fight.